Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh, good morning all. Welcome to the Rugby Pass podcast. This is the Short Ball with Scotty and Mills. Uh, morning, Mills. Good morning. See you Here we are. Semi-final time of the Mitre 10 Cup. Semi-finals, mate. She's here. It's great that people have finally got interested just in time for the last two weeks. <laughs> well, last week was pretty interesting. Last few, week was amazing. A few yellow cards, a few red cards, and of course you're very happy the Tony Fars got in there. Do you know, I did that weekend like Lloyd Bridges from Airplane. <laughs> How? As I picked the wrong day to give up smoking ciggies. I picked the wrong day to give up sniffing glue. That, it was the craziest weekend ever for a Tunnifar fan. Oh, I wrote about that last week on Rugby Pass, and thank God the pies got up. Oh, did they what? I mean, in the end, there was a pretty close finish there, mate. You were, you would have been worried. <laughs> you could say that. I actually texted uh, Northern coach Darren Wickham. I said, are you watching? He said, I can't watch. He said, I'll know when it's over, but I cannot watch this game. No. I'm like, well, fair enough, mate. Uh, yeah, it was a long weekend. So Canterbury, North Harbour, Wellington, Northland, Bay of Plenty, Otago, and Taranaki, Tasman. We'll contest the semi-finals, and we cross now to uh, the mighty Paradise, Taranaki. Paul Tito, assistant coach of Taranaki. Morning, Paul. Morning, gents. How are we? Not bad, mate. Top spot. That's not bad. But uh, let's go back a few days because Sunday, I know you had to roll out a few uh, reinforcements, but jeepers, 64 points conceded. That's uh, a weird way to go into the semi-finals, big fella. Yeah, I think, you know I mean? It was a... Obviously, a totally different team. We managed to arrest a few guys. We went to right, I think, and um, it was good to give those guys a rest. Um, you know, we saw some uh, some baby bulls have a bit of a trot round, and uh, <laughs> it was good to see them out. It was good to see them out there. I think, um, you know, I think we led in about mostly three or four very very soft tries, but uh, I think um, as a as a union and as a development uh, tool for these young guys, I think that forty minutes that some of those young guys played is mostly better than a hundred training. So I think in and the big schemes of things, it's it's bloody good for them. It's a it's a strange situation because we know every team's got to go through the storm week, which it's uh, become known as now the three games in ten days. But to have to do that in the last round of the competition, Paul, heading into the semi-finals, that's got to be problematic for a coaching staff. Yeah, well, I think to be honest, if we had it at the start of the year, we were uh, we were most probably in, in uh, we, were, we were a lot of us just limping to the side uh, to the start line. So yeah. you know, I mean, I think in hindsight, it's been bloody good for us uh, to be able to obviously to rest those boys is obviously just a luxury and nothing that we'd planned on at the start of the year. But hey, that's what happened, and uh, and that's as coaching group, that's that's the way we went with it. Hey, Fish, you've, um, obviously you mentioned you know, the, the young guys you put out there in, in the weekend. You won't take too much you know, out of that result. 
but you've got some pretty, you know, big firepower. You know, guys out wide with, with Seta. You got, you know, Pedofeto who's playing some outstanding football. But the guy that stands out to me the most is, and you probably brought him off the bench a couple of times in the big games, particularly against Canterbury, is um, Charlie Natai. You know, his influence on the on on, on your games and um, his skill level and stuff. How's how's he how's he shaping and you know leading into the semi-finals? Yeah, hey, Charlie's a big game player, and he, and, and he stands up on those occasions. And, you know, he, he came on against Canterbury, and, you know, we were down by a little bit. Uh, and just his calmness and his influence on the group is, is massive. Uh, you know, he's a he's a quality man, and, and he loves playing for the for the Amber of Blacks. So, you know, he'll, he'll be, um, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll want to start this one. He, I'm sure he's sick of being on the beach. Uh, so, you know, we'll just wait until the team gets named in a couple of days and, and see where he lies. Now, you are not really originally known as one of the great Fijian villages, but um, New Plymouth certainly made its name for itself now among uh, Fijian rugby. Uh, when you look at the likes of Soakula, Damani Valu, Manasa Mataeli, and a couple of others there, Fish. Um, gee, the, the big Fijian boys are standing up for you this year. First of all, Peter Soakula, how good has he gone? How good? How good does he go? Yeah, the big fella. You know, he came in, um, we actually signed him as a two-metre lock, and uh, the academy manager Adam Hay got him over and then put him on the old ruler and he was about a got him over. one. So that was the first stuff. <laughs> got him over. Got him, what do you mean got him got him over? What did you did you did you entice him to come over because you shipped in some carver from from Fiji or what? I just love the fact that he was nine centimeters short when he arrived. <laughs> yeah, but hey, obviously he's come real good. I think he came over about 102 kilo and he's about 113 and <laughs> and and really massive and big and muscly and something that mm. I definitely didn't have when I uh, looked at a weight for that long. So. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's been really impressive and it's just his work ethic and his uh, desire to learn and pick up the game so quickly. So, no, he's been inspirational for us all year and, you know, he's been durable and he's played most games and he's been on fire, the big man. Mate, okay, down to the nitty, the, the big questions, mate. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to beat Tasman? They obviously lost against Counties last week. They've got a great coaching panel and a few former All Blacks. But where do you see you, your guys sort of, uh, I suppose... Um, where you can actually try and attack them? Yeah, I, I think you know we're gonna we need to play our game. I think the breakdown's going to be brutal. That's where a lot of games are won and lost these days. And uh, you know, and they, they definitely flood numbers into that area. So you know, we're going to have to be on our game. We need to stop their big ball carriers getting over the gain line. Once they get, once they get go forward, they're bloody hard to stop. To tell you the truth, so you know those first up initial hits, collisions. You know, we need to we need to win a lot of those. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? The thing about this game, going back to that 2014 final when you beat them, but I think you're uh, eight and three at home against Tasman, so it's a pretty good record you have there. But uh, the fact is, it's a weird semi-final still, fish, isn't it? It's two teams coming into the semi-finals on the back of uh, 50-point losses last weekend, and I, and I know there are mitigating circumstances behind that. But we, we always talk about momentum in this game and building momentum. Are you concerned at all that you didn't get that one last nudge at it? Do you think the rest is more important than the momentum of victory? Yeah, you know, I think as a coaching group, that's what we decided to go for soon. Obviously, we played on Wednesday, so mm. it wasn't too long ago that we rolled our troops <laughs> yeah, out. True. So, yeah, you know, it wasn't like it was three weeks ago or something. So, hey, we are where we are, and uh, may the best team win come Saturday night and hopefully a packed-out uh, Yarrow Stadium. Fish, I mean, would you like that change? Would you like to take the old storm sort of period out of it? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? You know, obviously with the um, All Black calendar, you know, you can actually try and fit it in a little bit early. Would you like Would you like to see that storm sort of, and, and, and the uh, Minor 10 Cup sort of, um, you know, 
possibly played it just in one pool, you know, just rather than you having want to see it disappear. Is that what you're trying to say, Melzi? Well, Get rid of the storm where you can just play a round robin? Well, even even the fact, I'd like to see, you know, well, you look, the likes of Wellington, you know, convincingly beating a, a premiership team, you know, wouldn't you rather just go back to the old days where they just played everyone once? I mean, I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Fish? Bring back the old school NPC thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was no surprise you're going to say that. Hey, Paul, we wish you all the very best, mate. Uh, that semi final on Saturday, I think, mate, down at Euro Stadium. Yeah, get it, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking night, mate. I know the Taranaki faithful will be out as well. So best luck to you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, mate. Gilly Fish, Paul Tito, assistant coach of Taranaki, joining us on the short ball today. You know, they, they have been a great team. And uh, what it was five weeks ago, I suppose, that. You know, Taranaki first came up in conversation. Everyone's saying, ooh, is this the dark horse of the comp? No, they hadn't done anything too much. They weren't flattering in their results. And uh, all of a sudden, they are a team that knows how to flick the switch. I'm glad you brought up Charlie Ngatai. Yeah. Uh, his composure at this level of the game is next level. Yeah. And that's what you want from these guys. You, you know, a lot of people talk about the Minor 10 Cup as a development league, and uh, I, I'm just over that completely. Uh, we saw, I think, one of the greatest 48 hours of provincial footy last weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every result had something riding on it. The passion was there. Yeah. Tempers flaring, sometimes boiling over. There were fights. There were cards. There were guys playing out of their skin yeah. for the jersey they were wearing. Oh, absolutely. And, man, wasn't, wasn't it fantastic? I mean, you know, the, the way it started to when, you know, it, it finished, you know, with the, the, the Manawatu. Um, exactly right. You know, I mean, Hawks Bay. They were, they were just they were playing for pride. They wanted yeah. to finish the year off well and to, to get out in that big lead after the second half. But then the way the, the Turbos fought back to try and win it, man, I mean, that's that's what you want. Well, what upsets me is that, you know, we, we've got to cherish this competition. Mm. I know it's not what it used to be in terms of the All Blacks playing in the competition. So let, let's bank that, okay, put it to one side. There is, in almost every case, yeah. 100 years of history in that jersey and sometimes more in some cases. Do you think that any of those players don't understand what jersey they're wearing? When we call it a third-tier development league, I think that is an insult to everyone who has played provincial rugby. It is an insult to everyone involved in provincial rugby. It is an insult to one of the greatest domestic rugby competitions in the world. And last weekend proved once and for all just how exciting this tournament could be if it was given the respect it deserves. The Storm Week's got to go. There is no need for it anymore because that is unfair on the players, it's unfair on the coaches, and it's unfair on the provinces themselves trying to make a buck out of selling a ticket for people to go and watch. Mm -hmm. You can't do that when you don't know when your team is playing. Mm -hmm. We have got to treasure this competition, and I'm just tired of people calling it a development league. Super Rugby's a development league for international rugby. What's not a development league? And in fact, the three years outside of World Cups are development leagues for the Rugby World Cup. So if you want to call it development league, every level of rugby is a development league. (laughs) So let's just stop calling it a third-tier development league and call it what it is. It is the National Provincial Championship. It might not have the glory of yesteryear, but by God, it still has the passion. Well, I'll tell you what. Perhaps this last week or the, these last couple of weeks might give it back some of that some of that glory well, leading here, to, right? to, to next next year. But you're right. You know, I think to have that storm week is you know it's it's incredible they're still going because I mean if you look at um, Taranaki and the way they've come back, yes, they you know they had the advantage of being able to rest a few players, but imagine if they weren't in that situation. 
then all of a sudden, you know, they, they have to field their team or they were, if they were battling for a top four position, yeah. you know, they're going from a Wednesday to a to a Saturday, then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they make the semi-final and then, you know, they're going in there with, you know, battered bodies. So I definitely agree with the fact that they need, you know, to maybe scrap that, give it some respect, you know, because it is. I mean, you're seeing, I know, you know, they, they often call it the development, but there's some exciting talent out there, isn't there? I mean, I only have to look at like Emerson from, uh, from Hawks Bay. Bay. He has yeah, been impressive. Yeah, he has. Mason Emerson's been around a couple of seasons now, but he's developing all the time, and yeah, he must be knocking on a super contract. Yeah. Braden Enel is playing. He's a two-year signee now to the Crusaders. Uh, Jackson Garden Bishop's just signed two years with the Hurricanes. Understandable. I know where this competition sits, but you have to look at it in isolation. Let's stop comparing it to anything else because the fact is nowhere in the world has a comparison. No. That's no. the joy of the NPC. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, the only country that can boast a competition like this, a semi-professional competition which represents the place you are from. In yep. a world of franchise footy and mercenary rugby, this is it. That's it. I mean, you I mean you, you said not to compare it, but you look at the Curry Cup at the moment in South Africa. I mean, that was, you know, the biggest right. um, competition you know, for, for South Absolutely. Africans. But now, I don't know. I don't know whether it's sort of on that same sort of level, you know, whereas you've got the semi-professional you know, Mitre 10 Cup or an NPC that you've got here in New Zealand, and it's just boasting out, you know, players. Yes, okay, your point is it's not a development competition because of development, but you're seeing players come out of there and straight into Super Rugby. Yeah, that, that's what you want. What I'm just saying is just, let's just stop calling it a development competition. Let's just give it the respect it deserves and call it the National Provincial Championship or the Mitre 10 Cup or whatever sponsor is sponsoring it. Let's just... Let's just give it the respect it deserves. Do we know is why I, we're having this this the storm? Well, because is any, is, is it? Yeah, originally it was brought into place to suit the Rugby World Cup 2011. That's right. To get it in and out of the way. And now, what, what, why do we need it? The All Blacks aren't playing it in any way. No. I mean, a couple might drop down to get some game time and sit on the pine for the last three or four weeks of the Rugby Championship. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. Here's another question for you. While we're on Mitre 10 Cup, and we will rattle through the games in just a moment's time. You're on the Short Ball or Rugby Pass podcast. What about this? Meaningful is what a competition needs to be for the fans. Do we see a drop or a promotion relegation game between the winner of the Heartland competition, the Meads Cup, and the bottom place team in the championship? Do we see that? You can give me all sorts of reasons why you can't and why it's financially unviable. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. There is no difference between playing a game at the Tauranga Domain and playing a game at Alpine Stadium in Timaru. Yeah. There is no difference. No, no. None. None. Now, if you don't want to bank on your team and your team can't do the job and your team can't compete in that division, he must drop. Yeah. Well, they must drop. Yeah. And someone must have the opportunity to come up, even well, if it doesn't happen. Let's just have the promotion relegation game. Let's just do it. Yeah. Why can't we do it? Well, that, that was one of the most exciting parts Absolutely. of... Absolutely. Um, the, the, yeah. the original three-tier yeah. division, right? Yeah. You had a promotion relegation exactly. game, which Northern always beat Hawke's Bay, and we were quite happy to yeah. stay yeah. bottom of the table. And you get a chance, let's just stay Waikato now. They're, they're obviously going down to the championship, but you know they still get to play a few premierships. If they had an opportunity to go now, okay... Let's just say you know, someone from the Meads Cup, you know, uh, you know they're playing promotion right. relegation. If they're so, not good enough to right. beat Waikato. So Southland is the bottom, the bottom team in the NPC, yeah. in the Mitre 10 Cup. Right? Yeah. They are the bottom ranked team. Uh, we've got the Meads Cup semifinals. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up this weekend, the Heartland Championship. Look, I'm not even going to tell you who's going to win that. We don't know yet, but... Why, why can't that team have a crack? Exactly. They have a crack for the Ranfurly Shield. They have an automatic challenge. Why can't they have a crack to come up a division? And also, here's another point for you. Why can't we have a draft? Yeah. Now, if this is a development competition, which is what people call it, right, surely, surely then there's something riding on it. There is no super rugby team in this country right now that is looking for 10 guys. No. They have filled their rosters. Yeah. Weeks ago, yeah. maybe two, three spots max in any Super Rugby team in this competition. So how can the Mitre 10 Cup be a development league when if there's no draft at the end of it? If there's no, hey, you've played well, you're you in. Yeah. They're already in. They're signed. Braden Enon was signed a week into the competition. Yeah, yeah. And then so, it gives other guys opportunities as well. To, uh, like uh, um, uh, Matt Mayinger, for, for instance, to say, you know, there he is. He gets yeah. an opportunity. He's played well. Yeah, that could be, that could be a... Something that they could try and at least consider. Wouldn't that be great at the end of this competition? Because now we've got a whole lot of teams who aren't involved for the next two weeks. It's only the eight teams in the semis and then et cetera, et cetera. You get my drift. Why don't we have a draft next week? There's your Super Rugby draft. Gee, pretty exciting stuff, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great? It would be. You get you get in there and, 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 and actually... Voice that, mate. No, but it's just everything is a closed shop, and that's that's not about development. Everything is a closed shop. The franchise, it's a closed shop. The Mitre Ten Cup, it's a closed shop. The Heartland Championship, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's have something that progresses through. Let's have a little bit of talk around this, so yeah. we can get excited. Yeah, something yeah. else to get excited about. Something else to get excited about. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's got legs now to be able to do something like that. You know, or um, add a bit more spice to it. The game is well, the competition. <laughs> Is thriving, you know, and if you add something, not too much, add a few little things. And I, mean, I always remember, even, you know, we were talking about promotion and relegation. As a youngster growing up in Invercargill, you know, Southland were on the verge whether they're going 100%. up or, or down. But that was one of the most exciting games as a youngster to be able to go, oh, you know, I hope they can go up or I hope they can stay up kind of kind of thing, you know. So, I mean, to bring something like that back would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, and then it gives you the right to say, "Well, you're good enough to be in that in that competition, or you're 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 not so good. Let's try try next year." My, that, that's my point. Everyone is movable now, right? You know, a player can play here, and then the next year he pops up here. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't have the provincial rugby in the way it used to be in terms of I grew up here, I played school here, I played club here, I'm here, I'm a Northern boy, or I'm a Manawatu boy, or I'm a Taranaki boy. Players come from all over the country yeah, to play in the league to get their opportunity. Yeah, they'd go to Timaru. Yeah. yeah, they would. If you're in a, if, no, you're, if you're going to go to Timaru, you might as well go to Invercargill. You can go to Invercargill. You can go to Timaru. Oh, you can. You, you can, can go, go to Westport if you need to. Exactly. No, no, I, I absolutely agree with that, Sumo. And I think you can go. You can go anywhere to get it, get exposure. You know. Ah, no, that's what I think. Anyway, someone will tell me it can't happen, and here's a reason. Usually, money. They have plenty <laughs> taking on Otago. 
Uh, Bay Plenty have done well coming through this championship. Otago, not so good in terms of their playoff. It's only one of their last three uh, playoff games they have won. Mm. Uh, remember, they were beaten finalists last year by North Harbour. Up against Bay Plenty, who dusted them up in the regular season only a couple of weeks ago. I think Otago are the dark horse of their semi-finals. Yeah. The, the one-away team that I think, really, you have to put some cash on. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, when they played Auckland and were dominant against that, you you kind of thought, okay, well, here we go. The, mm-hmm. you know, the Otago side are starting to sort of you know lift it, but get a bit of momentum. And then all of a sudden, they hit a little wee patch there. Bay Plenty come down and sort of shored them up and, um, you know, down in, uh, uh, in Dunedin. But you're right. I think they are. You know, they've sort of gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, leading into the semi-final, so uh, uh, they could be they could be the dark horse, mate. Well, I just I look at that back line. If you you think about Matt Fatters, uh, Joshuani, how big was that hit? Yeah, yeah Fatters is good. Oh. Fatters, Joshuani, who has yes. good support from Fletcher Smith. Yeah. You've got a couple of good halfbacks uh, in Renton and Rudu. Uh, you've got Jonah Nareki on one wing. You've got Co Tompkinson and Tay Walden in the midfield. Uh, that is a very solid back line for starters. And they have not lost a single scrum this year. They have the best scrum in the competition. So, yeah, they've all the constituent parts of their game are in good shape. It is, yeah. And, and they've got revenge on their minds. And nothing motivates an Otago team like a grudge. Well, nothing, nothing motivates a, a New Zealand team like a grudge, mate. So they will. I mean, you're right. I mean, usually when you you, you talk off about those sort of um, out and out great you know backs, you you come back to well, have they got the the ability to get them some ball? And they have. They haven't lost any scrums. Their forwards are. Um, Defensively, are pretty sound, and they get front foot ball. So, they have, and I, and I think they've got a good good opportunity to go to Tauranga and and, and beat the the. Sure. And on the flip side of that, you've got Mike Delaney pulling the strings at Bay of Plenty, who's been great all year. We've spoken about him. Chase Tiatu, who's having a good season. Monte Iwani, who's having a good season. Tom Franklin, <laughs> Keeper Mewitt. Uh, you know, Tom Franklin's on the other side last year. So, they know what they lost in him, and they replaced him with Josh Ferno at Otago. But Tom Franklin... Uh, one of the most impressive forwards in the competition by a country mile. Oh, absolutely, and just the way he's been playing and getting getting over, you know, getting some front football. Mike Delaney's been instrumental, you know, his experience and just the way he's been playing. So he just sort of looks like he's he's still in his twenties. So that's helped the um, the bay. Um, you know, last weekend, obviously, um, you know, sunshine. How good was that mm. playing in that bloody mm. sun? And so, mm. um, mate, it's going to be a massive game. It's it's. I mean, I. Yes, we've just spoken about Otago being the dark horse, but I couldn't pick it, to be totally honest, with the, the way both teams and, and, and the strike power they both have. Yeah, I think we were talking to Paul Tito earlier that, that Taranaki-Tasman game is tough to pick, although you'd have to give Taranaki the favourite badge there at home and uh, you know with some rested players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bay of Plenty-Otago game, real tough to pick. Wellington-Northland, uh, as much as I love my Tanifa, uh, I can't see Wellington getting beaten here. I, I mean, I really can't. And if they do, wow we. That is a disappointment. That is a blowout by Wellington standards, mm. and that is saying something. Well, Northland showed a lot last week that they can actually, you know, they, they started well. They just, I mean, uh, perhaps that little break when um, I can't remember who it was that got injured sort of probably didn't help. Um, help oh, Murray Douglas? Yes, and mm. and um, but they were right in the game. But mm. to be to be totally honest, they won't have Fafita this week. Um, or at, So... They do have a shot, mate. Anything can happen on se- in semi-finals, Sumo. So. I, re- I realise that. I realise that. It, there's another one. Asafu Amua, Alex Fidel, talking about Wellington. Two young front rowers. They have torn this competition a new one. Asafu Amua has run 425 metres this year. There is no tight forward that comes close to mate, that. And he's come off the bench a few times too. <laughs> how, how the heck does that happen? <laughs> was he on eight tries? A, the oh, kids well, he was are out wide the other the last, last week. Flip. I know Steve Anson said we're not going to take an apprentice on tour, so don't take an apprentice. Take the guy on merit. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was speaking to a former bloke yesterday and he said, oh, you know, he's proved himself at this level, but, you know, oh, it's a big jump pass. You know. So this isn't a development competition then. Right now. Right? <laughs> you know, got, but this is the thing about a Safa more. <coughs> he was fourth choice hooker at the Hurricanes last year. Mm. Fourth choice behind Riccatelli, yeah. Coles, who was injured most of the season, and Lenny Upperside. Upperside this yeah. is your fourth choice hooker. And Upperside's uh, come to the, he's, he's gone to the Blues, hasn't he? Yeah, well, let's be honest. Safa Moore is not fourth choice anything next no. Super Rugby season. No. If he is, he's the most patient kid ever. Well, do you reckon he, oh, gee. I'd like to see him, I'd like to see him at that, well, see him at that level. Get him a couple of games. You'll probably get, you know, between him and Riccatelli. Uh, a few early sort of games to see who's actually number two. Coles is obviously going to be there, but he's definitely. No, you're right. He's not number. He's not number four. He's not number four. There's no way. <laughs> Finally, mate. Canterbury, North Harbour. Mm. Canterbury, the wheels, the wheels are falling off there. Yeah, I mean they just they lost. They've just lost their way a little bit after that. I mean, I, 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 I didn't. Well, they didn't lose against Auckland, but I thought they'd be a lot more dominant. Um, they're going to lose Richie Moanga. I don't know if, it's, if Moanga's going to come back, and he is massive. Well, he, I, can't, I can't see that happening. How does that happen? They've taken him as cover. Mm. How, how does that happen? How are they going to... I mean, this would be very unorthodox to suddenly see him pop up next weekend. Not that he couldn't. No. Someone said the other day, you know, well, they're screwed anyway because Moanga won't be able to train with them all week. Moanga doesn't need to train no. with them. No, he They've doesn't. done their he training. Doesn't. I mean, it could be. He just could be over there for cover. You know, the All Blacks would know whether Bowden's right or not and give him every, every opportunity to be right for the um for, for the game. But the other thing also, you know, would you would you put I mean it's it is a nothing game. I know it's a big test match. I know, you know, and, and it is, but What? Sorry, my words I chose my words very, very <laughs> badly there, but I wouldn't risk someone like, you know, Bowden out there if he's got a head knock. They're, they're not gonna play Bowden. No. No, there's no way, and nor should they. I mean, if they've come out publicly and see he's got concussion issues and then he turns up and plays on Saturday night, then you've... No. No. Okay. So, Moanga... So, in saying that, then Moanga doesn't come back. Oh, North Harbour, mate. You know, they've been good this year. They yeah, played well look, at Tavita Lee. Tavita Lee, five tries. That's a record-equaling performance last weekend. The thing about North Harbour, for me, is that... You know, I know Paul Tito said, oh, it's not a big dent for us, you know, going down by 64-33, I think the final score was. But that's a massive boost for North Harbour. Yeah, it is massive. It is a massive boost because, I mean, you've played enough rugby to know that you know, even though in the back of your mind you know that, oh, we're playing the B team, but just having that little bit of extra time yeah. and space and suddenly your attack clicks, well, that doesn't go away the next weekend because <laughs> it's clicked. Yeah. And once it's clicked into place, that's a very dangerous proposition, I think, for Canterbury this weekend. Harbour's only beaten them three times since 2006. Mm. But... I'm with you. I think they are a show here. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, Bryn Gatlin, what's is he? Has he been injured or? Surely he's back. No, I think he he must be because he didn't. He didn't. Well, all started, didn't he? Yeah. And so you're right. I mean that there. I mean it, it, it's nothing for, for Taranaki, but it's just given that little bit of an edge to the to this week. Been an exciting week, and all of a sudden, you know, the the morale's up, the motivations there, and you know they're. Their attack game, Tibby Lee has been up for a, you know injured a fair bit, yeah, um, and he's coming in some some really nice form. And so, what it, about the Duffman? I mean, the Duffman's had the best provincial season he's had, Matt Duffy. Well, he's for had sure. He had a really good Super Super Rugby um, yeah. campaign as well. So he's been consistent throughout the the whole year, which is something that you, you know, rarely see from a player. Last question on the short ball today, Millsy. 
let's let's put this in perspective. North Harbour, up until last year, were duds. <laughs> last year they won the championship. This year they're in the playoffs for the premiership. Regardless of results from here on in, is that the greatest turnaround in the last couple of years in provincial rugby? Oh, absolutely. It has to be the greatest turnaround because they were. You know, there was even talk. You know, they were going on about how they're the little brothers for so many years to the Auckland. They've kind of flipped that around now, mm. and so um, they've got a good coaching panel. They've got some good players there. If they can keep some of the the old heads around for a few a few while, then they'll be great over the over the coming years. But um, you know, fantastic. Must be, it is it is absolutely the best turnaround in the last couple of years um, of Mighty Ten Cup. Auckland, however, I'm glad I, they didn't, didn't go down. I didn't want to bring that. I didn't want to bring that up. No, but I'm glad they didn't go down because Why? I don't. I, I honestly don't think it would be good for New Zealand rugby. There we go. But Waikato could be. Yeah, you know, Waikato. I mean, I mean, does it actually really matter? They're only going down well, to the championship. It does matter because I'm. Let's be honest. Waikato will have a new coach next year. Yeah. Knowing the way this works. I just hope, look. So it matters to him. Yeah. Uh, the results matter to Nick White, who's basically flying the white flag. He said, I'm out. Yeah. So it matters to him. Yeah. And but I, Craig Philpott, I don't think, will reapply for the job. So it matters to him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so they don't do anything. Nothing really happens, does it? They don't drop down. But the fact is, I mean, Sean, by the way, is going to have to answer some pretty tough questions at Waikato. Craig Philpott, I suspect, won't reapply. Nick White's not going to reapply. And there's three coaches yeah. this year who are, are not going to be any longer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, and then and when you're t- talking about, you know, from a personal level, it, it is. You sort of totally. It, it is a fickle sort of an, an environment to be <laughs> yeah, in. That's, you know? I mean, that's right. And and again, I'll go back to that point. I mean, people sit there and they can disrespect this competition, but ultimately, well, this is someone's livelihood. Yeah, it is. And you know, <laughs> it sucks, isn't it? Right. That's that's why. Don't get into coaching. You'll be coaching one day. <laughs> You'll be coaching one day. The, the skills like, with Mills uh, program will be at provincial level. Hey, actually, you could be right, mate. I remember one one time you said to me, you come and do some commentating when I was playing. I said, never will I do that. Yeah, look at you now. Oh, mate. You're everywhere. No, I'm not really. It's actually quite painful. That's been the Short Ball today, Rugby Pass podcast. Make sure you check out the Bledisloe Cup this weekend. Didn't even talk about it. Oh, we didn't, eh? No. Because. Hey, and, and it is a big game. It's a it dead is. rubber. No, it's not. It's a dead rubber. Not against Australia. It's a dead rubber. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 